Welcome to The Missing Middle. I'm Kara Stern. And I'm Mike Moffat. And the Bank of Canada has been trying to deal with inflation that has been at the highest rate since before I was born. Sorry, Mike. Uh, They're getting closer to their target rate of between 1% and 3%. And in fact, they've hit below 3% twice now, which brings me to the question of, is it time to start cutting? Well, well, first of all, thank you for reminding me that it was uh, I was in kindergarten uh, last time we we saw inflation uh, this high. Uh, I don't I don't really remember it. Oh, yes. Uh, (laughs) I I don't think it was, you know, even despite my uh, occupation, I I don't think it was paying that much attention to what was happening to prices back when I was uh, four or five years old. (laughs) Uh, But 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 to go back to the question, I actually think that this um, discussion of, of the 70s and 80s is actually really important that. We saw back then central banks around the world, not just the Bank of Canada, but uh, the Federal Reserve and, and other banks, um, you know, pull back too quickly. That they basically thought inflation was dead. Uh, they they started loosening up, and you know, like a 1970s or 1980s horror movie villain, it kept arising from the dead. So I don't think we're going to see cuts until probably the summer, per- perhaps later. Uh, because year. Uh, central ba- this year, I think we will see some this year unless, you know, uh, events happen. You know, we could get a boat stuck in the Suez Canal and that could mess everything up again. But uh, if everything progresses like it's looking like it will, then, yeah, I think we might start seeing some rate cuts in, in the second half of, of 2024. But I think central banks around the world, including the Bank of Canada, are going to err on the side of being a little too tight uh, just because of those memories of the 1970s and 1980s. They, they certainly don't want that coming back. If a boat gets stuck in the Suez Canal, I don't understand how interest rate raises here or keeping them the same can counteract that kind of inflation. How does that work? Well, that's that's a very good, uh, very good question. So we basically can think of there being two types of inflation, uh, demand side and supply side. So demand side is your sort of typical uh, inflation where it's just basically too much money uh, chasing too many goods. So uh, you and I and everybody else go out there and just we're feeling good. We start to spend money. Uh, you know, we go out and get Taylor Swift tickets or whatever. And, you know, the price of those goes up and we have a bunch of inflation. Um, that's a lot easier to control, right? Because you can basically control, you know, control how much people spend through interest rate decisions and, and that kind of thing. The other kind of inflation, supply side inflation, is far more difficult. So supply side inflation is when you have a lack of supply of something. So a boat gets stuck in the Suez Canal and all of a sudden, you know, fast fashion items or whatever stuck in the canal aren't getting to the stores. You know, there's a shortage of, of T-shirts or what have you. So the price of T-shirts goes up and you have that kind of inflation. The Bank of Canada and central banks really can't do much directly about that. So basically, they have to counteract supply side inflation with demand side measures. So it's one of the reasons why these kind of supply disruptions that we saw during the pandemic are so problematic to deal with that they're not your typical, again, just consumers spending too much money. Let's try and rein that back. But there's you know, actual structural problems with the economy. 
if the prices are still going up year to year, when people started kind of being like, yay, it's down to 4%, uh, which is an improvement, it still seemed kind of a weird thing to be celebrating in my mind because I'm like, well, they're still going up quite fast. But then it was saying that some prices do come down and some of them have come down. What's going on with that? Yeah, absolutely. So when we think of inflation, you know, it's basically an average of of all the prices uh, in the economy weighted by, you know, how much we spend on it. So, you know, cars make up a bigger part of the basket than, say, the say oranges. And absolutely that, you know, different prices move at at different areas and, and, and at different rates. And parts of that basket are actually going down in price. So, uh, consumer electronics are a classic example that the televisions over the last 40 to 50 years have gone down in price in, in nominal, you know, not not even accounting for inflation. Just the sticker price of televisions has gone down, particularly when you start accounting for, for quality differences. So absolutely. So when we say inflation is three percent, that doesn't mean every price is going up three percent. You know, you've got some things like rent, which are going up six, seven, eight percent. In other things, uh, like, like television, like the price of lettuce has gone down. We had a big lettuce shortage a couple of years ago. That's a bit cheaper than it, than it was then. I heard that gas went down quite a bit, which is partly why the inflation rate has come down. Yeah, absolutely. So so that's that's another classic, uh, classic example. And then being, you know, guy in my mid 40s, this is one that <laughs> I notice a lot that, yeah, you know, around the corner, I, I think last time I paid a buck 47 for for a liter of gasoline. Uh, there were times a couple of years ago where it was over two dollars. So absolutely, that is a, that is another one. So yeah, some prices are going up, some prices are going down. And on this kind of weighted average, it's going up about three percent or so. And I know that people who um, are trying to control inflation, they they don't want it to be high, but it seems like they're okay with it being high uh, for you know, brief periods of time, they try to fix it as fast as possible, but doesn't they don't talk about it as a disaster the same way they talk about it as if it ever went into deflation below 0%. Why is that? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question because we have, you know, the Bank of Canada has a mandate to keep inflation at, at 2%, uh, which they say operationally is between 1% and 3% because, you know, you're going to have these fluctuations. So that's always a really good question. Go, okay, well, why? Why 2%? Like if inflation is bad, shouldn't it be 0% or minus 2%? Shouldn't, shouldn't prices be falling? And the challenge there is that when inflation gets too low, uh, when prices start falling, what happens is people start saving money. Uh, that oh, you go, no. okay, well, yeah, I know, which, which sounds really, you know, you're like, okay, well, that, that actually kind of sounds awesome, right? They're going, okay, well, why would I buy this car today, whereas I can wait six months and it's going to be even cheaper. From an individual level, that sounds awesome. And there are you know, reasons on a societal level you might want to see savings rates go up. But the thing we have to remember is that your spending and my spending is somebody else's income. So if you and I aren't, aren't out there buying cars or oranges or televisions or, or whatever else, uh, that means somebody else is basically out of a job, you know, whoever's selling the car, manufacturing the car and so on. So we tend to see that in periods of deep deflation, um, you know, we see, you know, very high unemployment rates. We see economic decline and so on. So kind of think of the uh, Great Depression as, as being an example. And we don't even have to go that far back. We look to the financial crisis of 2008, 2009. We saw deflation then in part, you know, because in the United States, we had a 
housing price crash, um, you know, financial markets locked up and people just stop spending money, which makes sense as an individual point of view. But as a society, that that spending is somebody's job and you start to see double digit unemployment rates when inflation gets too low. I, I buy that argument there when it comes to things like buying TVs or cars or something you might not need to. I mean, cars you might need to buy right away, but some there's a lot of things that you don't have to buy right away. But things like groceries, I don't know why it needs to constantly be going up. Why? What would be the problem if groceries like people are buying that regardless? They need to eat. Yeah, absolutely. So nobody's going to go, OK, well, I'm going to wait till next week to, to buy that orange, you know, that, that kind of thing. Uh, the challenge is that that monetary policy is a very blunt instrument, right? That the, the governor of the Bank of Canada or, um, you know, the, 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 the head of the Federal Reserve can't say, OK, we want, uh, you know, car. We, we want some inflation in the car market, but we actually want disinflation in the food market. It's a very blunt instrument. You know, they're basically, you know, messing around with interest rates, messing around with the money supply. They can't control the prices on on any individual level. So you're right. For consumption type goods, you know, deflation isn't really that problematic because people can't, you know, wait to to, you know, buy groceries or whatever. But these kind of durable and semi-durable goods, that becomes an issue if people just sit on the sidelines and and don't buy those things. So is it true then that they would react very quickly if it went if we got into a deflation level compared to it seemed like it took a little while to react to in the high inflation rates? Well, they, they basically react at the, the same speed. Um, but the, the challenge is that the decisions that central banks make ha- have a lag to them that uh, it's called a long and variable lag in that uh, we don't know exactly how long it takes. It uh, depends on a variety of factors that you don't really know about at the time. But generally speaking, we can think of it as, as being roughly 18 months. So the decisions that the Bank of Canada or the Federal Reserve make today, let's say in early 2024, are really mostly felt in the summer of 2025. So they're actually hitting a, a moving target. So what what that means is if all of a sudden we have a bunch of inflation, let's say again, because a boat gets stuck in the Suez Canal, or we have a bunch of deflation, let's say, you know, a, a financial market collapse and people stop spending money, they're going to act right away. They're going to cut rates or raise rates or, or you know, do all kinds of policies, but the actual effect on the economy is going to take some time to to go through. So when they're looking to the future of whether they should be cutting rates, they're not, you're saying it's 18 months behind. So that means that they're not going to be waiting for it to be at that 2% number now. They're going to have to wait and make sure that it's like, that it's, it's, it's so I'm confused a little bit because you said that they have to <laughs> wait to make sure it's lasting. But then I'm like, well, if it lasts, how do they know that what will happen in 18 months from now? Like it might be fine for a bunch of months now at 2%, um, but they can, they can't predict the future, right? Yeah, but unfortunately, they have to predict the future. So, you know, there it, it, it's a tough job where you both can't predict the future, but your job kind of requires you to to predict the future. And absolutely, I think this is what one of the things that, that people get wrong about inflation and, and, and deflation, and the decisions that the Bank of Canada or other central banks make, is they're actually looking 12 to 18 months out. So, you know, that might mean, for instance, let's, let's say we go through a, a deflation inflationary period. Um, and, you know, we start to come out of it, inflation's at like 1% or so. 
they might start hiking rates at that point. And people go, well, what are you doing? Like inflation is still really low. Like, why are you doing that now? Well, they're doing that now because they have models that kind of project out where things are going to be 18 months from now. I remember Benjamin Tal was someone who was very early on saying inflation's coming back, inflation's coming back, we need to do something about mm-hmm. this, or Bank of Canada needs to do something about this. Um, and they didn't act for like a very long time. It seemed like they kept thinking it's, they kept saying it's transitory. It's just like, we they, don't need, it's temporary. It's not really inflation until it was like, oh gosh, they're really high now. The rates are really high. Yeah. Now we need to, we need to jack them up quickly. Like, how did they get that so wrong? <laughs> well, I, I think they're asking the, 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 themselves that that question. But you're absolutely right, because if you looked at the here and now, you would be like, OK, we need to raise rates. But central banks, and it just wasn't the Bank of Canada. We, we saw this around the world that they, they were convinced for whatever reason that this was just a blip. So they were actually looking 18 months out and going, actually, the, the outlook 18 months out or 12 to 24 months out. Looks like we're not going to have inflation. So we don't want to overreact to this current situation if it's if it's going to uh, going to go away. Well, clearly they got that wrong. I, I think clearly the central banks around the world were kind of misled or, or not really understanding uh, the, the situation. Uh, you know, in in their defense, I would say that we hadn't really seen anything like this, you know, since I would say the, the end of World War One and the Spanish flu and so on. So, you know, they didn't really have a playbook. But on the other hand, you have to say, well, you know, there were people who called this and, you know, clearly they were right in the way that central banks weren't. But the long, you know, the short answer to your question is that they were they were looking 18 months out. They were making predictions about the future. They just happened to, to get that call wrong. One of my favorite things that I learned about inflation is that worrying about inflation and thinking it's it's on its way here is a way to cause inflation because people will start buying things uh, and thinking, oh, prices are going to go up and then that causes inflation. And I always thought that's that's a really interesting thing that's <laughs> really about like people's perceptions almost more than anything else. Right. Yeah. And you see this a lot in, in economics, this uh, self-fulfilling prophecies where and it, it goes beyond uh, inflation um, that let, let's say you and I and a bunch of people just, you know, think that some stock is is overvalued and going to go down in price. So we start selling it. And sure enough, because we start selling it, the value of that stock goes down. Same thing with an inflation, that if we start to think inflation is, is coming, we're going to go, OK, well, I'm not I'm not going to wait to six months to buy that TV if it's going to be 10 percent more um uh, then I might as well buy it today. So then you and I and everybody else, we go out and we start to spend and that causes stores to jack up the prices today because they, they can't keep stuff in stock, right? Everything's selling. So it's this really interesting phenomenon in economics where you have these self-fulfilling prophecies that actually belief that something is going to happen actually causes that thing to happen. It's so interesting. Well, the next uh, adjustment of the interest rates uh, is coming up on March 6. And I'm wondering what you're expecting to see there. Yeah, I don't think the the, the Bank of Canada is is going to lower rates. I don't think they're going to increase rates. They, they've kind of signaled that, you know, the rate hikes are over again, unless something really strange happens. But I don't think they're going to cut either. Again, I think everyone is just so scarred by the experiences of the 1970s and 1980s that, you know, they're, they're worried that Freddy's going to come back from the dead. No more monsters. That to, we don't want that. No more monsters. No more monsters. We can't have that. But as well, I, I think as well, because uh, of what you and I were just discussing about how they got the inflation story wrong over the last three years, 
I think they sort of recognize that their credibility is at risk and that they're all going to suffer a lot of pain if they go, oh, by the way, we think inflation's over, so we're going to start cutting rates and inflation cuts back. You know, it's one thing to make a mistake. It's another thing to make the same mistake twice in a row. So I think they're they're really going to stay the course. I think they need to see inflation well and truly dead before they start cutting. I think that's going to happen at the second half of 2024. But, you know, just like the Bank of Canada, I don't have a, a perfect forecasting model either. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. When the Bank of Canada makes their decision, it's not just a number. It's also a press release that comes out with it. Are they trying to influence the markets with that? They absolutely do. So part, you know, we, we tend to think of the, the Bank of Canada's actions as being mechanical, right? Of them sort of flipping a switch of, of interest rates and, and so on. Um, but they they do try and move markets and they do try and convince people to act or, or you know send a signal about the state of the economy uh, through the statements they make, through the, the monetary policy report that they issue a few times a, a year. This is a thing that happens. And, it, you know, mostly for good. It's gotten them into trouble in the past when just rates uh, will be low it, for a very long time, a, a long time. Exactly. Uh, but that was not you know, that was not an offhand remark. That was not uh, the governor freelancing. This was the, the Bank of Canada trying to send a signal to, to markets to say, you know, this is this is what we're thinking now. Again, they got that so wrong. So I think they must drive him nuts. Oh, absolutely. I, he's he's got to wake up in Tiff cold Macklem. sweats. <laughs> yeah, Tim Macklem. He's got to wake up in cold sweats uh, thinking about that. But it, it was an intentional move, or at least I believe it was an intentional move by the Bank of Canada to send a signal to Canadians to say, well, look, we think inflation is going to be really low for a while. So, uh, you know, why don't you, you go out there and spend, you know, buy that new home, et cetera, et cetera. Again, uh, really in retrospect the wrong call but you see what they were trying to do thanks so much for watching and listening and thanks as always to our amazing producer meredith martin please like subscribe and leave a comment we'd love to hear from you and we'll see you next time